This week's Dicebreaker podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Ranger IPA. Voodoo Ranger thanks all adventurers who attended the free virtual D&D games brought to you by Voodoo Ranger during PAX Online. When you're looking for that perfect companion for a night around the table, reminiscing of stories once told, crack open a Voodoo Ranger IPA and roll for sass. May the beer always flow and your dice rolls always be in your favour. For beer news and occasional mediocre advice, follow at Voodoo Ranger on Twitter and Instagram. Voodoo Ranger IPA. Drink responsibly, live rangerously. Hello and welcome back to the Dicebreaker podcast. This is episode 26, uh, the middle, in-between number between the exciting 25 and the notable 27. Just 26 hanging out dozens. Oh yeah, We're at sure. the exact six-month mark. Yes, we are. Yeah, 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 that's a good way of putting it. Exactly 26 weeks ago, we sat down to record the first episode of this. And now we are here in the same place, the same year. Unable the to same escape. People. <laughs> uh, let's start. Let's start on a more positive note, shall we? I am <laughs> Matt Jarvis. I'm the editor in chief of Dicebreaker. This week, I'm joined, of course, by three of the team. I'm joined by Johnny Chiadini, head of video for Dicebreaker. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm I'm good. It's been a long time since I've been on this podcast. It feels like it has. You took some well earned time off. Um, yes. And now Will's has How kind of tagged you. out and is is on a similarly well earned break. Yeah. Which we hope he's on the naughty step. <laughs> the naughty step. <laughs> For a week. Having yeah. an absolute blast. Uh, playing a lot of Hades from the messages he sends me. Uh, we are, of course, joined also by Alex Lowlies. How are you doing, Lowlies? Hi, I'm good. Six months, <laughs> six months. I don't know. Let's try. Six and months in a movie. Stay positive. Six months on a movie. <laughs> it's it's fine. Don't worry about it. Someone out there will get it. Uh, finally, we have Alex Meehan. <laughs> How are you this week, Meehan? Uh, I'm okay, yeah. Uh, I not managed to eat all my breakfast, which has made me sad because it's just sat there like oozing. Yep, um, you must now stare at it for the duration of the podcast because it's yeah. bad for audio. I'm, oozing? I, yeah, I'm going to say I'm not a doctor, but if your breakfast cereal was oozing, maybe don't eat it. <laughs> yeah. It's oozing in a good way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a quote for the box. It yeah, oozes like in those, a good um, way. Like those gummy sweets you used to be able to get where you bite into them and like the goo Ooh, comes out. Yeah. I love those. But they don't what, are you having gummy sweets gonna, for breakfast? Yeah, a as... bowl of gummy sweets. It's either that or you're a chicken and you're eating slugs. Um. Okay, so the chicken eating slugs. Not that I know. Um, okay. the the sweets, I I would do that because you know when you're a kid and you have those dreams of like when I'm an adult I can eat whatever I like and no yeah. one can tell me otherwise. And then when you become an adult you're like actually I don't really want to eat sweets for breakfast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Good. Fantastic. Uh, Thrilling. Let's, so. let's move on to some board games and tabletop RPGs, which may or may not be oozing. Uh, as ever, we start this week by asking what everyone has played. Let's start this week. Let's dive straight in the middle. Alex Lowlies, what have you been playing this week? I've played nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> 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 I, well, it's, <laughs> it's another Simpsons reference. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, no, I was singing and then Matt turned it into a Simpsons reference. <laughs> so you can it's blame Matt eight. on that one. All over again. <laughs> yeah, do you remember that reference? Throwback! Oh. Yeah. Because um, that was from episode eight. Was it really? If you oh remember, and listeners. Yeah, because that's why I would have done that, right? That Feels yes. like yesterday. <laughs> it does. Uh, no, that's. I mean, it's a bit of a lie. I've played the Star Realms app like nonstop. Um, yeah, just any spare minute I have, I'm on the Star Realms app playing some Star Realms. I'm oh. in a losing streak at the moment. I went from having some good winning times to just losing every single game. And I'm like, that, like that's part of the reason why I keep playing because I'm like, okay, one more game, one more game, one more game. <laughs> like, I can win this one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a problem, um, but it's fine. Uh, I can't tell you what I'm planning to play though. Uh, Wingspan. Yes. Very soon, aka today, as we record this. Um, <gasps> I know what a coincidence. And also, I've been. Uh, reading over the rules for seven wonders for no particular reason and it's really made me want to play that because i haven't played that in a couple of years and um i've realized you know what this game's good and uh i always think like it's complicated but it's not like anytime i haven't played it for a while i'm like oh it's quite it's quite a lot isn't it and then actually reading over the rules i'm like there's, there's not that, that there's not that much mm. in there so um yeah i'm gonna play that soon maybe over this weekend okay. is that the the second edition whatever edition it was that came out this year i think it's the second edition i guess so because it's the one that we received in the office recently yeah i, would, I don't know <laughs> do you know if like any gameplay things have changed i can't remember if it's just visual kind of up upgrades um not that I can tell from I, I mean I've read literally through the whole rules um and it seems the same mm. but I haven't played it in a couple of years and um I don't know if I ever read the rules before I think I was taught it by somebody else so but I, I don't think so it doesn't sound like anything's changed yeah I mean there's not a lot to change in that game right it's kind of just it is it's a card drafting game you you take your mm -hmm. card it does it does the thing it does oh, yeah that's... yeah I think I mean. it might just be design. It does look pretty fresh in terms of design, and that's fresh with pH. <laughs> so that wasn't obvious. <laughs> wow. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've got on the cards. Um, oh. Yeah, good times. There, there's an expansion coming out for that very soon, right? The oh, there? Seven Wonders. Um, I believe we did a new story on it. It feels like eons ago, so I've pretty much forgotten everything about it. But Matt Jarvis seems to have a mind like a library, so... I think... I believe, I can't remember, there was an expansion that was long in the works. I don't know if that's now mm. out. I know that they're updating a couple of the expansions to the new visual style to match yes. the second edition. So I don't yep. know whether it's something that's already out that's being upgraded or something that is coming out. Because uh, I feel oh. like at some point, it may have been Armada, one that was added it, ships. Was it, the, was it the Senate one? Oh, was it yeah. the one about the Senate? You might be right. No, I, I swear... My my brain is racking to try and remember you're, this. You're probably right. Let's say that you're right. Uh, we'll edit this bit where we question ourselves out and just no, have nothing we'll... but pure yeah. confidence. <laughs> yeah, no, warts and all. <laughs> hey, we, no, we, we won't. We want to provide an honest look. As the uh, person editing this, we definitely won't. No, no, me too. We're... We want to provide a peek behind the curtain of what the life of, of you know, a dice breaker member is. 
this uh a confusion it's just pure confusion 100 <laughs> pure, pure confusion uh this story from dicebreaker.com on the 10th of march oh. by alex Meehan says that seven wonder oh. seven wonders jewels next expansion oh. is agora uh seven wonders, jewels, seven wonders the, jewel the excellent two-player choice yes. i have to say it's yes. it's quite it's different so from the original but it's like but it's also very the same it's it's i really 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 like seven wonders duel yeah me too uh, and as a mark of the times, that story is from the 10th of March, and it says at the bottom of this story, uh, it's due to be released at Essen Spiel, scheduled oh. to take place from October 22nd to 25th. Oh, which my. of course that was like tremendous. the week of of before we stopped existing. Yeah, mid mid March is when it all kind of hit <laughs> yeah. here in the UK. So yes, but presume I would guess it will still be out around the same time. But who knows when it will actually find its way into the hands of people? Yeah, given that everything's kind of blown up. I mean, I've not heard anything more about it, but it might just be the fact that they they don't have much more to say and they're just going to uh, whip it out. Oh. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, uh, if that's everything you've been playing, Lolis, which actually, given that you started off saying not a lot. I've not been playing. <laughs> um, let's move on to Johnny. What Hello. have you been playing? Um, so I've been playing an exciting game of which of my board games am I going to keep and which am I going to get rid of because I'm moving house soon. Uh, hence the, I mean, it's always chaotic behind me, but uh, like it's it, it's especially chaotic right now because uh, yeah, moving house. But um, uh, so I've got rid of I got rid of some classics and it felt really good. It's like pandemic, don't need you anymore. I just don't. So that was nice. But uh, in terms of actually sitting down and playing stuff, I've been playing Detective, a modern crime board game, season one for the review, which when this goes out, uh, the review won't have been published yet, but it's coming this weekend. Uh, and it's interesting because I loved Detective, uh, a modern crime board game, the base game. Um, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I like the way that the case is all tied together, etc., etc. Um, The second one it's only three cases and it streamlines a lot of the things like it takes out um, a lot of the different tokens. Um, it, uh, it takes away powers for the individual player, um, like player characters. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's only three cases. The first case is a solid banger. It's, you know, it's like the, the base game. The third case is also pretty decent. The second case is an absolute howler. Like it's awful my friend and i sat there wondering out loud how it made it to print and like i don't mean to be overly harsh but it is it like it's dog mess um so check out the review for that because like i uh, regrettably i can't i cannot be kind about the second case like i just i I can't is it like an episode of midsummer murder Yes. Just like really. Oh, is it really like hokey? It ditches American (laughs) settings for a British village. (laughs) Oh Uh, my god! It's set in a mansion during a storm. Everyone has a motive. Um, It does away with the traveling. It does away with the database, which is one of the best things about the game. Uh, Every card takes the same amount of time to resolve, and the writing is is just hokey as uh, hokey af um, it is it, it it takes everything that is good about detective strips it away and it's just like uh, uh, chortle chortle we're doing a british murder <laughs> mystery if if i was to make a guess i would think maybe the the designers the publisher had like really wanted to do something like an agatha christie 
style game. And then they were just like, let's just put it in with Detective Season 1, where it just won't fit with the rest of the game and the theme. Well, it's funny you should say that, because I actually have a book of designer's notes on the game, which was sent (laughs) with the copy. And yeah, basically, um, they felt like they were a bit bored of just doing things set in Richmond, um, Virginia, which is, you know, obviously, you know, where, where the the normal game is set, so they decided, why don't we just sling all this out the window and do a proper British mystery? Uh, and the writers went, that sounds amazing. And so they did it. They mm. did it. Mm. They did it. You they say, did it all right. And when you say it's hokey, we kind of discussed this like a few episodes back, I think, where it's like the tone of that game is kind of, like arguably deliberately, but in general it's, it's a bit, you know, hokey to begin with so hokey yes. on top of hokey just maybe t- <laughs> hokey pokey just hokey pokey yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um although it, it it does it gives you the gift of a character called loreen doomstick <laughs> Ooh. that classic british name loreen that classic british surname <laughs> doomstick <laughs> oh it sounds so. like one of those names where it's like name like the last thing the, you know the first letter of your last name and whatever yeah. you had for dinner or something like that it's yeah. like one of those. what's your what's your favorite video game and what's your dog's favorite toy <laughs> yeah 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 it's, yeah it, it's um it's a shame because the rest of the game is great uh i'm just at the minute i'm trying to weigh up like if i bought this thing would i feel cheated by the fact the second case is bum. So we'll see. Yeah. Because that's a, a third of the box. Because, do you, Johnny, yeah. do you remember how many cases were in the original Detective? It was like five. Oh, it was five. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was 10, but maybe I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, but the price Holmes. point is different. Mm. Season one is like 23 quid. Um, so, like, I think if you, if you went into it knowing that the second case is bad and that you should just pour a large glass of wine <laughs> and get ready to roll your eyes through it. Then, uh, do <laughs> then I think it'd be okay, or or just not do it. I don't know. It has to be experienced. <laughs> like it, has to, it has to be experienced. I mean, the name Laureen Doomstick alone kind of makes me want to just pick this up. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest. All right. I mean, let let me know how you do because uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, because at the end of the game, you you fill in the questionnaire and it's a bunch of questions like who did it, what was their motive, la 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 la. This case, minus spoilers, is only the one question: Who done it? Um, and I don't mind telling you that we failed because <laughs> we went. Could it be that person? And we went. It's absolutely not because it's so obvious. Like it is too obvious, and we concocted a, a different story. We were like, it was this person. This was their motive. La la la. la. We were like, that's it. It's got to be it. It's got to be it. And then we were like, oh no, that's not it. It was the super obvious thing all along. <laughs> and it's oh. just like okay. Oh, so. the the name Lorene Doomstick and the whole feeling around this case make me think of. Do you know that really old video game called uh, The Seventh Guest? No. No, mm. Matt knows. They made a board game like... of it, I believe. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Did they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's like a live action. Yeah, it's FMV game. game, right? Yeah, but the uh, acting in it is oh my god, mm, oh, it's really something special. <laughs> yep. Well, but yeah, uh, yeah. Look out for that one. So that's what I've been playing. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Uh, me and what have oh. you been playing? Uh, I have been playing 
a solo RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I wanted to give a solo RPG a go because number one, my flatmate has abandoned me for the week, so I've been all alone. Uh, so I've had to try and amuse myself <laughs> uh, for the past few days. So I was like, let's sit down, uh, light a candle, have a nice soothing scent. Uh, I put on a vinyl to listen to, uh, Surfing Stevens, Illinois, which is, oh, oh, beautiful. And very um, appropriate, thematically, I think, with this solar RPG called No One Dies Alone in Revolution. Um, it is available on the itchy, is it itch.io? Itch.io, yeah. That's the one. Uh, and you can get it for like $5.00. Uh, it's really good fun. Um, I got it in that uh, Justice for Black Lives. Was it Humble Bundle, like a package? Um, And I sat down with that, and it's really interesting. I've never played a solo RPG before, and it kind of feels like a a writing prompt challenge, where... You, you're kind of given this scenario and like a few oh, uh, pointers to how you can do it. And then it kind of lets you go off on your own. So the kind of premise is that you're writing prayers for these, these martyrs who have died in service of revolutions. And your prayers are kind of based all around their lives, like how they got involved in the revolution, like what they did and how they eventually died and what their legacy kind of leaves for the people afterwards and you get the prompts by rolling dice and uh, drawing playing cards and the different kind of suits and numbers uh, relate to different scenarios you know that throughout their life uh, and then you're also given the option to use different kind of meters and styles of poetry um, I will confess, I'm a really bad poet. I don't know why, I just cannot write poetry to save my life. Like, like, um, I used to have a dream of being a fiction writer, and that kind of went down the toilet, because one day I realised maybe I'm not that good at this. Uh, and poetry's like worse than that for me. So, yeah. I was a little reticent about playing this and trying to do it because I'm like, well, I'm going to make something absolutely rubbish. And I mean, it's not bad. Um, I kind of ignored the the meters and the styles because I just couldn't deal with that. But luckily, the RPG actually says if you don't want to use these mm. elements, you don't have to. I kind of really respect that as someone... Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite a common thing in single player RPGs because they are a lot of them, you know, writing prompts like journaling ones, um, mm. and yeah, they, I think in order to stop players from just getting turned off, they're like, look, you need to make this your own. You need to be comfortable with it, mm. you know, because otherwise, I think, like you say, if you know, if you're convinced you're a, you know, you're Alex Me and Poe Taster, then you're not going to push <laughs> on writing a bunch of poetry. And I I get very nervous when I have to write creatively, but when I played the machine, I was like, I'm just going to crack on and make this my own and just like you know just grip my teeth and do it so oh. i think yeah it's it's good that they they include those bits where you can just customize it yeah and i think i definitely want to try another one that's more um why can't i remember the word 
of when you're prose, that's more prose sort of orientated, where you're just writing um, from from your mind, you're not trying to fit it into kind of rhythm or stuff like that. Um, because I think I would enjoy that more. Uh, but I definitely had a good time, and I, my, so, my candle, I didn't realise how low it was burning, and, uh, I was like, oh, I can use this candle to, to kind of make my, my paper that I was writing on be all, like, burnt and stuff. I don't know if you can see this, but I've kind of burnt some of the edges to give it, like, a, what, like a kind of ancient feel, uh, to it. Uh, and then while I was doing that, I didn't realise that the candle, the the wax just burst through like the plastic, and just ran over my desk. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, ah! <laughs> so I had to stop in the middle of that and run to try and wipe up the wax. Mm. Uh, and now I've just got wax stains on my desk. So, I would say um, you need to you need to run a, a wet tea bag over that paper mm-hmm. though. At the minute it looks like somebody decided to bully you during chemistry by holding <laughs> your, your homework up to the Bunsen burner. It's just sort of for those of you listening rather than viewing the podcast, it's just sort of got chunks bitten out of it, like some form of fiery caterpillar. Uh, I would say, yeah, you, you want to dutty that up a bit. Scrunch it up, unfurl it, rub a wet tea bag over it, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. It was kind of a spur of the moment sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I was like, I think I was really getting into like the mood of it. I was like, oh, this is going to be so artistic. I'm going to do this and it will make what's probably a really bad poem like seem a lot more like, you know, creative because I burnt the paper. (laughs) Um... I think I just enjoyed the kind of feeling that you go into. I, I did it for like an hour or so. And um, with the combination of the lighting and the music and the writing is quite evocative. Um, I think it was a good experience. So I would recommend No One Dies Alone in the Revolution. And to be honest, a lot of those solo RPGs on in that bundle and in general on itch.io are really great. But I guess you don't need me to tell you that when we've got wheels around. Indeed. He likes that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have a video on that very topic uh, that was did do. a little while back. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it's one of the nice things about solo RPGs is that because it's kind of just for you and yourself, you get that extra level of, well, I can write it in a book and I can write it on a piece of paper and I can kind of go that extra little step you know, like burning it with a candle or soaking it in tea or whatever it may be, because mm. you're not, I think as a group, it's kind of, you're projecting to other people and so on, like passing around a piece of paper, like people have props in RPGs. Um, mm. But here it's just like, oh, like this allows me to really get into this character, into this kind of mind frame a little bit more. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. Which, yeah, I've I've really enjoyed some solo RPGs uh over the past few months in this whole thing. I would say, if you're looking for a prose one, I love Quill, uh, which is a game about writing letters. Uh, and it's a bit more structured than some of the kind of more freeform creative exercise uh, RPGs, because you have mm. like a recipient who you're trying to impress and you have to use certain words. So it kind of gives you that structure. So I don't think it feels as... You're not trying to stick to a certain meter. It's just like, okay... I roll to see if I can use the more kind of fancified version of this word. 
and if your stats aren't high enough or you roll you know a you kind of biff the roll you have to use the less impressive vocabulary so your score goes down and you might not necessarily <laughs> convey what you're trying to get across so if you roll low you write a letter that's like hey up <laughs> <laughs> there's um there's also one i'm really excited to play uh, it's a two-player game it's called the resistance of new holloway uh which was um inspired by the machine um and basically it's an espionage adventure uh and you have to you it's designed to be played through the mail in order to support the united states postal service um and you use playing cards you you post each other playing cards with your letters in order to send uh prompts as you write about the quote victories struggles and losses experienced by resistance operatives working in secret against a fascist regime um oh. i think it's very very cool um and I've just, I've, I've, I'm trying to find someone that will like, someone that will play with me. Because um, <laughs> it feels like a very intimate thing. So I want to make sure that, you know, like, yeah. I choose someone who is Gets cool it. with that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. I really want to try um, some of the erotic ones that are out there. Like just to the, like give the, it the a go. The Beast is great. The Beast is yeah, so I, good. I really want to try that one. It's on the list for me to try. I know that there's quite a few out there for like two players, so obviously couples to share like mm. that. I think we were talking about it last week. The the uh, one of the creators of Into the Motherland did that collection of um, erotic RPGs, and I can't remember. Oh yes, um, I think that's Sharang Biswas, right? Yeah, uh, Honey I and think Hot so. Wax, I believe, is the anthology. Yeah, like that. But I think that's for two players. And uh... <laughs> for those of you listening to the audio version, me and looked around disconsolately, as if to say, "My housemate has abandoned me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll play it with my housemate. <laughs> to be honest, she she would probably love that. So, uh, yeah, there you go. RPGs. Matt Jarvis. Hello, it's me. Uh, I've been playing. I have actually played a little bit of Wingspan on PC ahead of today's Ooh. stream yesterday if you're listening to this which you are unless you're one of us um <laughs> and it's it's really good so i think it's from dire wolf um which mm. also they're they're on a real roll because they just put out root um i think literally today september 24th they're putting root out on mobile as well which i haven't played mm. yet but i've played it on pc and it's a very good version of that game and wingspan on pc is very good it looks really nice it's got a really nice ui it runs mm. kind of very smoothly it is I think they really managed to get that sense of like it has all the kind of bells and whistles of a digital version like the birds make noises it has these really lovely visuals but it doesn't move away from it being a tabletop game because you're still dragging cards around it's not abstracted into like being a full-on video game Um, Mm. and Wingspan is a really really kind of good game I it's I've only played a very small bit of it before this to be honest um and playing through the tutorial and kind of my first full game, I was like, well, actually, this is, you know, this is a really great game. It's pretty straightforward. Like, you you play cards or you do certain actions. And when you perform certain actions in one of your free environments into which you're putting these birds, you then activate all of the cards you've played um, from right to left. So it's like, okay, well, I can I can lay eggs and put these eggs on the birds, which then lets me... You can me... lay eggs, Matt Jarvis! Yeah, you can oh make your, your birds lay eggs, and <laughs> you then spend those later on. 
but you can do that and then that will activate all of the cards in that environment so if you've played you know two free cards you can then do each ability as the cube moves along the row so you build up this kind of um like almost like a combo engine building system so it's like okay i'm putting down this card now that's going to give me points but also it's going to give me this ability going forward um so then yeah it's it's a really really good game i'm looking forward to playing it with you later on <gasps> i've played it once and i won no i didn't well i i drew <laughs> And then there was like um, there was like a rule to decide who actually won, and I ended up not winning. But technically, I won. Drew. <laughs> yeah, under under the court of law, you won. <laughs> yeah, it came down to like a stupid rule, where I think it was like whoever had the most food left or something. Yeah, so there's like was like the. Oh, is that the tiebreaker at the end? I th- I think so, yeah. Because yeah. some of the objectives are kind of variable in between each round. So it's like, okay, if you have the most birds in this area or you have the most X or Y, I think mm-hmm. they can change. But yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. It's yeah, an interesting one. I'd like to play Mariposas, which is the new game from Elizabeth Hargrave. Uh, but mm. it's really hard to get yeah. a hold of, as we've experienced yes. here. If- <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard. Uh, I'm looking forward to all the bird names that we're going to see. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and bird noises. Steve. Can we can we all Michael. make a pact that we have to try and do the bird noise when we play a bird? No. I mean, they do the I'm noises gonna do that. for okay. you. you don't I know, but I'm going to try and them. imitate it. Okay. That kind of... Is that not just pigeon? They're all pigeons. Yeah, they're, they're, well, that's what birds are, right? They're all just kind of pigeons. But yeah, yeah. they're all just different sized pigeons. Yeah. I, I saw something. Um, I saw some kind of meme. I think yesterday, the day before, where somebody was like, um, "When God created ducks, he was like, just take a chicken, make it waterproof, and stick a kazoo in its face or something." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. Pretty good. I, I would uh, vouch for the wood pigeon as no, being a, a very so... excellent bird. I I love the noise they make. It's so cute. No, I mean I love them because they're just so clumsy. (laughs) But that, my God, that's an annoying call. I've heard worse. I've heard worse calls. See, you're already doing it, Johnny. They might as well keep doing it later. All right, I can do two birds. I can do crow, and I can do. Wood pigeon. And very, very crow, tired crow. wood I'm pigeon. I'm not doing crow, it's too early. I'll do I'll do crow on the stream. You can do Kevin. I, I, I will laugh if he ends up doing like an impression of Russell Crow. Shove <laughs> <laughs> Twice our guns, twice our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> now you're making me think of those Labour's Arab meme videos that are amazing. It's... Particularly the one where he just falls over the edge of the dam. <laughs> Oh. Board games. <laughs> yes, board games. I tell you the other one I've been playing. Well, I say playing, not quite. Um, a copy of The King is Dead, the second edition of it. He uh, is? Turned up yesterday, and I didn't quite have time to play a full game. But what I did was go, this looks really interesting, uh, set it up, and run through the first few rounds. Um, so it's from Pierre Sylvester, who made The Lost Expedition, which is a really, really kind of brilliant little card game about trekking through to find the lost city of zed um and is really savage like it will just it's like oh you got murdered by a snake oh you got killed by a tree oh you've got poisoned by some berries 
It's you. It's tough. Um, the King is Dead, though, is it's a very kind of simple game. Uh, you get eight cards, and that's all you get for the entire game. You get to play each one once. Uh, once you've played it, it's gone. And there are cubes on each kind of region of medieval Britain. I think the original edition was set after the King, uh, the death of King Arthur, but this one, I mm. believe, kind of just makes it a bit more vague to say Britain is in upheaval. And oh, everyone's okay. trying I mean, to... George Isn't that every day? <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, you is that like this year? <laughs> but the the cubes represent uh, to make it even more political. The cubes represent uh, England, Scotland, and Wales, who are all kind of clashing over control of Britain. Um, but the the thing I really like about it is that it reminds me of Pax Pamir, which is a game I love, uh, in mm-hmm. that you are not sided necessarily with one of the factions from the beginning. You start with two random cubes, and the cubes are red, yellow, or blue um, to represent the different factions. And essentially, whichever you have, whichever color you have most cubes of, is the faction you have the most sway with. Um, so you're kind of competing against the other players to have the most sway of a particular faction. Um, and then there are cubes on each region, and your cards are very simple. It's like move two cubes or place two cubes from the supply. So it's like, okay, swap these two cubes between adjacent regions or place two cubes into an area controlled by Scotland, that kind of thing. But when you play a card, you also have to take a cube off the board. So you're almost, if you want to get more sway with a faction, you almost have to weaken their hold over a region or the country as a whole. So it ends up in this kind of like very tight kind of thing of, well, Scotland is going to take control of, you know, here, here and here. Uh, at the end of the round because they have the most cubes in those areas so i want to get scotland cubes but to get scotland cubes i have to take them off the board so i'm almost weakening my potential of you know benefiting from their control um and yeah that's kind of, that's kind of the whole game it's just this really kind of tense fight for for influence over the country um there's an advanced version which i think is new to this edition which adds in some kind of variable cards that do more kind of uh, out there abilities um, but normally you start with identical cards the only thing that's randomized is the cubes that start on the board and in front of you so it's kind of like a very yeah it's like a very strategic game um, but I like it a lot from the very little I've experienced of it so far I'm kind of looking forward to diving into it and seeing if there is enough there um, to to make it kind of a something I keep coming back to because it seems like there might be uh, but that is all I've not been playing recently. Uh, so, shall we move on to news? News, news, news. Tell me about it. It's the news. Uh, <laughs> first up, the kind of big biggest news of this week, uh, which we we teased last week because they were teasing it with a countdown. Hero <laughs> Quest is back. <laughs> so they did a week long countdown. And then Hasbro, which now well, re has reacquired HeroQuest because it kind of fell out of their hands uh, for a few decades in between the game coming out in 1989 uh, and then reappearing now. Um, this this is a it's essentially just a remake of original HeroQuest. They've made a few changes, um, so they've added in if you kind of back it through their crowdfunding campaign, um, which is not on Kickstarter, it's on Hasbro's own. Haslab, I think it's called. They have their own crowdfunding thing, which, given it's Hasbro, a multi-million 
dollar yeah. board game maker behind the biggest board games of probably all time, Monopoly and and so on. You'd think maybe just put this out. Maybe don't. Maybe you don't need to crowdfund this. Just print it. Yeah. Just. But. Give it a go. That, yeah. that really, that really grinds my gears. Yeah. When like big publishers do that, and Hasbro mm-hmm. is like one of the biggest companies in the industry. Yeah. They don't need to do that. Rule sold. Uh, but it hasn't. It seems to have not impacted the the interest because it's already crossed. It's been two days now. I think it crossed its one million dollar target in a day. Um, so it is coming out. It will be out at the end of next year. Uh, I believe it's coming out of retail as well. So you don't necessarily have to back the campaign. And if you are outside the US or Canada, you can't back the campaign because it's exclusive to there at the moment. Um, whether it will come to other countries in the future hasn't been said. I don't know if that's to do with the fact that original Hero Quest was uh, like a co, like a collaboration between Milton Bradley, which is owned by Hasbro, um, and Games Workshop. So whether mm. there's some kind of licensing stuff there because this also uh, this new version also tweaks some of the law to remove the very slight references to the Warhammer universe that were in the original so mm. it suggests that maybe uh, there's there's some legalities uh, behind the scenes but yes it's a it's a remake they've made some changes they've introduced if you pre-order you get um kind of sculpts of both male and female characters for the party um because and I think regardless, the the party now includes a female elf, whereas before they were all male. Um, Otherwise, it's basically HeroQuest as it was then, but now. Um, They've included one female elf. Yeah. Uh, There are four four party characters. You know what? Well done. (laughs) Congrats. Take a moment, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, if you pre-order, you get alternate sculpts of both. but uh, yeah, if you want to get it, it is $100 for just oh. the game by itself. Um, and they're also remaking two of the expansions for, and you'll get those at $150. So it's coming in pretty bargain, pretty pricey. Absolute I'm, bargain. I'm in a world just... where no one has jobs anymore. What an absolute <laughs> bargain. I'm wow. just a bit like, so basically, I was talking to someone about this last week because they noticed that it was it was coming, you know, a hero quest thing was coming. And this was someone who didn't really play board games much, but they were aware of hero quest because back in the day, I think um, it was something they they enjoyed. Um, but I was saying to them that I think that just remaking it and re-releasing it with a few changes is very odd, considering we now live in a world of Gloomhaven. And I'm just sat here going, Gloomhaven is basically, as far as I'm concerned, a modern version of something like Hero Quest. Yeah, I mean, but, that's... but more, I think maybe more ambitious and more modern. Uh, yeah, but they're going for the nostalgia crowd, aren't they? Because mm-hmm. like the, the 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 wargaming communities I'm part of online, every couple of days, someone's like, I got hold of Hero Quest. I'm painting the minis. La, la, la. People still absolutely adore it. I think, I mean, I've already seen posts where people are like, look what they've done to the musculature of the man on the box. And it was tongue in cheek, but it was also like, well, this looks different while also being the same. I think if they changed too much, people would, would kick off. So I think it makes sense to me. And it like, maybe this is pretty expensive when it first was around. Cause I, I don't know. Anything about I don't know. But like, again, sort of, this is the, the fully Kool-Aid guzzling wargamer in me, but like, $100, I 
like it's it, I mean it's pricey don't get me wrong it's, that's a lot for a board game but also like you think about a starter set for something like Age of Sigmar Warcry you're like hundred dollars like they're targeting people who are used to dropping that much money on a box mm. on mm. release day and being yeah. like it me wargamer yeah. let's go yeah so the, the price doesn't surprise me at all like mm. that's not what to be honest i'm not really surprised that they, they they have just remade it i'm more just like yeah i mean the people this is geared towards are people who are nostalgic about hero quest because i think tabletop games have come a long way since then so mm-hmm. eh. yeah good good for for those people yeah Mate, they're over the moon i'm 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 all for it i'm like yes live your lives yeah, yeah. <laughs> lives. live your uh, lives me and kind of compared it to gloomhaven a little bit is it anything like gloomhaven it's is it similar it's like roll and move it's very simplified so there were some people who were getting a bit kind of snooty uh, online about it where it's like oh well they haven't changed the gameplay and it's like the gameplay is what it is you know it was kind of the first the first kind of big dungeon crawler game yeah uh, so it's very kind of simplified like it really it was aimed towards kids you know it, there's kids playing it on the box like it's it's a family game and i think that's like why this? there's that nostalgia but yeah there's that it's why there's that nostalgia for it because a lot of folks who are now you know at an age where they can afford kind of like 100 150 dollars would have played mm. it when they were you know growing up and i think that's yeah, why they've I... just remade it because i don't think it's really going to find a new audience what it's going to do is just find the same audience again so right. but i think it, it from the sounds of it like none of the gameplay has changed if you play it having never played it before but having played like any dungeon crawler since so gloomhaven like imperial assault you know they, they all kind of stem from that but they've all taken it further so i think it would probably feel quite dated now but again that's yeah. not you know that's not what they're going for i think if they were gonna try and do something like that they would do like a brand new edition they do a spin-off um mm. but this is it is very much a we've made this game that you you like again hundred dollars yeah. please you know what hasbro wants to get in touch with me for the official non-crap rules of heroica um, there's a Lego board game called Heroica, which is a dungeon crawler. I played it with a friend, and we were like, this is bad, let's rewrite the rules. So now you need a D4, a D20, and the official Lego dice to, to play it. Um, and it is absolutely hilarious. Like, it is a bad game. It is not well designed, but my God, do we ever love playing it. <laughs> so uh, there. Just at the back of this, a few extra things to add on this. So uh, part of the reason that Hero Quest didn't come back for a number of decades is the trademark was actually owned by not Hasbro, but, uh, well, Greg Stafford, who is the role-playing designer, uh, the late role-playing designer behind RuneQuest uh, and Pendragon, he created an RPG called Hero Quest in 2002, 2003, um, which was like a remake of a game called Hero Wars. Um, but anyway, it was a role-playing game for a while. Um, and the publisher that now owns or owned the Hero Quest role-playing game trademark confirmed off the back of this that they've transferred the trademark back to Hasbro. Uh, so that will now, what was the Hero Quest RPG, which is completely unrelated to the board game, is now to be known as Quest Worlds. Uh, Ooh. So yeah, an- another very memorable name. Uh, it sounds like a soft play area for th- 35-year-old <laughs> oh. men who love real ale. <laughs> 45-year-old men. Uh, the the other thing to note uh, quickly on this before we move on is that uh, we 
discussed a while back the Restoration Games, which is known for bringing back board games from the 80s. So they're doing Return to Dark Tower, they've done Downforce and all sorts. They registered a trademark for HeroQuest Legacies over the summer. Um, and they have confirmed that they are not attached to Hasbro's project in any way. Um, so it's to be seen whether anything actually comes of that trademark, whether they will eventually make what sounds like a more kind of... Um, a, a game that takes it further and does that kind of like tuning up of gameplay, you know, because that's what Restoration Games does, is it modernises the gameplay, it actually goes a little bit deeper than just reprinting it. Um, mm. But... It's to be seen whether this Hasbro's own bringing back of HeroQuest has kind of put them to the post and, and that's it for HeroQuest Legacies. Because um, all, all it was was a trademark at the time. So there we go. Moving on. Uh, this was a little a little sclusy, um, as we say in the biz. Uh, on Dicebreaker, I'm so sorry. Sclusy-goosey. Sclusy-goosey. Blech. Um, is it juicy? We oh, <laughs> means breakfast is. We <laughs> we put up a story over the weekend about Bard Song, uh, which is a new dungeon crawler to continue the dungeon crawler trend from Steamforged, which is the people who make uh, Dark Souls the board game. They made God Tier, Guild Ball, a lot of video game board games, Resident Evil Two, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, all of that. They are making a new dungeon crawler, which is also described as being like a roguelike, um, which mm. for those who don't know that term is like a, a genre video game where you you die, you kind of repeat, do multiple runs, and each time you build up um, either your familiarity or your power, um, but it's kind of, they are built to, you throw, you, you throw yourself at a wall and see if you get through, and if that doesn't work, you buff yourself up a little bit and throw yourself back at the wall and keep doing that and get a little bit further each time. Uh, so yes, it is launching on Kickstarter in November. Um, it is from well, it's from Steamforged. It involves some of the folks behind uh, Dark Souls: The Board Game and Animal Adventures, which is kind of their their spin-off RPG uh, for for D and D five e. And yeah, it's set in a new setting, so it's not a video game adaptation. It's not related to God Tier or Guild Ball or anything like that. It is a game within itself. Um, and that's kind of what we know so far. It says that there's a lot of narrative involved. There's going to be some event cards um, in the the same way as roguelikes traditionally do. Each time you play it, it should be different. There'll be a different map layout. There'll be different events that pop up, and you'll be able to kind of customize your character as you go. Um, and that's yeah, that's kind of it. Um, there's mm. like a role playing edge to it, but it sounds interesting. Um, it looks. Looking at it, it's kind of like, yep, that is that is a dungeon crawler, all right. That is that certainly is a fancy dungeon crawler. Yeah, I just opened the news story, going, I do like a roguelike, and now I'm looking at the images, and I've gone, yes, there, there that is. I would like a computer to crunch this for me, please. Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting to see whether the gameplay kind of makes it stand out versus the the deluge of dungeon crawlers that come out, because there's no shortage of them. Um, but there we go. It'll be interesting. I didn't particularly love Dark Souls, the board game, but there were some interesting ideas in there. I did like Resident Evil 2, the board game. Uh, so Steamforged, have some hits, have some misses for me. Um, I'm hoping this will be a hit. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, let's move on to the <laughs> next one. Uh, there is a new D&D 5e setting uh, called the Wagadu Chronicles, uh, which is like an Afro-fantasy setting and it's tied in with an MMO. It's this really kind of ambitious project 
um, from a studio called Twin Drums. Um, so they are launching an online MMO for PC at the same time as they're launching this complete D&D 5e setting um, inspired by kind of African mythology and tradition. Um, and yeah, it, it seems really interesting. It's on Kickstarter now. Um, it is the tabletop RPG section of it kind of builds off of D&D 5e because obviously that's what powers it at the core. Um, but they replace uh, kind of the classic races of D&D with lineages, uh, which are designed to be more kind of overlapping and nuanced. Um, so there are, for instance, Ironmaster Smiths, um, Swala Herders, Seafaring Akaki, um, and there are also elements of magic in the world. So there are Cursed Moth People um, oh. and Lionblood, um, the Lionblood lineage, which is, as it sounds... Half lion, half people. Um, cool. Oh yeah. What's kind of like a cursed? Sorry, carry on. No, no, no. You go. I was gonna say cursed moths just makes me think of Perdido Street Station, <laughs> which gave me nightmares for three days after I finished that book. Oh gosh. And I do not scare easy. Mm, Mothman. <laughs> Mothra. So many great moths. <laughs> I'm scared All of the moths, moths you love. Oh, yeah. All the moths you love. Yeah. yeah. They terrify like... me. I got attacked by a moth when I was like 15. Like I was in my room and I actually hid under the covers and the moth kept flying at me on the covers. This is the, like... not the first time I've heard this story. Um, yeah. it, sound, it sounds traumatic. Sorry, I didn't mean to, 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 to play that down. It's just, oh, I suddenly remembered about the time you were attacked by a moth. I really yeah. like moths. I think they're really cute. No, they terrify me. When there's a moth in the room, I'm like, ah, moth! <laughs> It's like it's a complete overreaction to something that's so small and something I could definitely squish very easy. But well, that's um, what a phobia is like, isn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah, it's not a rational fear. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they, they just call it a reaction. <laughs> I mean, I, I think being afraid of like a hippo coming to eat you is a very rational fear. Yeah. So like anyway. that compared to the moth. <laughs> Well, this this uh this what is it called? It's Wagadu a Wagadu Chronicles or Wagadu Chronicles. Sorry, I'm but, terrible at pronunciation. But it's um, it's a setting, right? So yeah, it looks stunning. The artwork is stunning. Mm-hmm. I know, right? It's and it gorgeous. sounds so interesting. Like I'm, I, 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 I well, I'm all yeah. good this. news <laughs> to steer this back on course is they are so they're putting out the complete kind of book. Um, alongside the MMO in 2022, December 2022, I think. So it's a ways off. Um, but they have put out an impressive, it's 300 pages long. Um, they call it like a, a teaser or lore guide. And there's <laughs> elements of the world in there. There's a, a complete adventure called The Child and the Oath. There's an appendix of creatures from the world. It's this really kind of comprehensive book that they're just, they just put out as part of this Kickstarter. So you can go and pick it up and, and give it a go right now. But uh, yeah, the the artwork is incredible. Like it sounds really, they they've really taken a an interesting approach to kind of building up this world to work across both a video game and a tabletop RPG. Um, they've said that they've uh, that the game's law was written in consultation with Africa biologists and elders uh, to ensure it remained authentic. Um, but yeah, it it sounds really impressive. It sounds like a huge project, but everything they've put out so far kind of looks great like like i say a 300 page book as as just a sample of it is quite the uh quite the way to make yeah. a splash off the mm. uh, off the word go so yes there you go so if you want to go and download that you can literally 
you don't have to back the campaign to get the 300 page law guide uh, you can check it out before you back it uh, and the the kickstarter runs until october the 30th uh, so you've got a little ways yeah if you're interested all of spoopy season mm-hmm. uh, mm. speaking of rpgs uh, to take a sudden left turn uh, into, let's say, slightly less exciting news. There's a Batman tabletop RPG coming, uh, and it's powered by D&D 5e, or the D20 system. Um, it's from Monolith, who made the Batman Gotham City Chronicles board game a couple of years ago. So this is, its official title is Batman, colon, Gotham City Chronicles, hyphen, the role-playing game. Um, which is the most kind of like brand meets brand meets format uh, kind of title <laughs> and the, and like Gotham's City Chronicles wasn't that a video game as well or am I getting confused no. oh that's the imposters one Gotham City imposters yeah okay yeah so yeah this um, it's confusing and this is this is kind of going like big in a different way to Regardu Chronicles uh, so this is launching with five books uh, this Batman RPG so there'll be a core rulebook, and then there will be like uh, a guide to Gotham City. There will be scenario books, campaign books. Uh, it's said that you can play as Batman and other Bat family members. You can play as some of the villains. You can create your own vigilante or villain. You, know, you can choose to play as a member of the Gotham City Police Department um, or a criminal. Uh... Imagine, imagine playing as someone <laughs> yeah. that Batman just routinely yes. ignores. <laughs> Just like be like, hey Batman, like one player at the table is like, no, shut up. You get to every scene and it's already completed, and you just have to <laughs> fill out the paperwork. Yes, Batman, can you redistribute your own disgusting wealth? Uh, I well, I mean, presumably it's you like can do whatever you want. Bruce Wayne, yeah, all oh, right, yeah. yeah, do whatever you want. Maybe that's that's how yeah. you end up with all these custom characters. Is you know, but that's about all we know. Um, <laughs> they put up some some concept art. Which is it's Batman. You know what it looks like. There's a big bat. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what Batman looks like. Yeah. It's a big bat in it. It's not trying to pretend it's anything that it's not. It's a Batman RPG. You know what Batman looks yeah. like. He's got pointy ears, a big cape. He flies around and grunts and yeah. says that his family's dead and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think he says that really. On the inside of his cape, you can see other characters here, like the Joker, Penguin. That looks like Scarecrow, and you can see. Catwoman, Alfred, mm. Robin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those I are. Really want to... I, I like to imagine that he arrives at a sea and he's like, "My parents are dead." I mean, that is basically Batman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really hope I can play as Calendar Man. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, Calendar Man isn't among the the bits of art that have come out so far. Damn. Uh, so <laughs> one of the interesting things is there's both Damian Wayne and Tim Drake as Robin, uh, along with Nightwing. Uh, and Nightwing? Yeah, so it's not clear kind of where this might fall in the whole Batman lore verse oh, thing yeah. or whether it's just kind of be a mishmash of like, oh no, play as one of the Bat, the bat people um, uh, Hey, that that's made up for Calendar Man I very much like Nightwing Calendar Man's great, uh, isn't Long Halloween Calendar Man? Uh, I don't know, it's a really good book There is a really great Calendar Batman Man. book Yeah, Calendar Man, I think it's Never Long Halloween Long Man. Halloween either way is a great Batman book but yes, there is no date on this Kickstarter yet, uh, or the speaking release date. Speaking of Calendar Man. Speaking of Calendar Man, very good. <laughs> um, and they, so Gotham City Chronicles was exclusive to Kickstarter, and they haven't confirmed whether this will be exclusive too uh, just yet. Um, we did ask them, but they have not come back to us just yet. Um, I would suspect that being an RPG, there will be a digital release 
um, which tends to be the way that RPGs go, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is not completely exclusive to the Kickstarter, but time will tell. Mm. Let's move on. I'm to... just looking up Calendar Man, and he's literally got a tattoo of, like, the months on yeah. Cross's head, and then he's wearing a cape of numbers. This is... I've never heard of Calendar Man before now, and I am shocked and appalled <laughs> at this creation. <laughs> Mate, it's a Batman villain. They're they're all they're all good fun. Yeah. yeah but calendar Man. I bet you they were like, we need we need a villain. They were like, okay, villain, villain, villain. Look around the room. They've got so, a calendar hanging up on the wall. They're like, okay, yeah. with a deadline. Calendar, so calendar, calendar. Uh, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. object plus the word man is often the <laughs> like the origin process for a lot of superhero villains. I feel. Yeah. Like, they'll right. fall into a vat of goo with that object, and mm. then they'll come out yeah. as... <laughs> Clay face. Yeah, that'll do. Clay he, like, face. Yeah. They, they ended up in some kind of, like, microwave with the calendar, and, they, yeah, they merged. <laughs> like Dr. Manhattan, but instead, you just accidentally get merged with a calendar. But unfortunately, they're only relevant for a year. Yep. <laughs> Every morning, they start their day by tearing off a piece of themselves. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Wow. Oh. But they get an amusing quote from it. They've always got something interesting to say. <laughs> I've got a great joke, by the way, for, for Oh, God, here we go. Oh, not right. Oh, for the stream. <laughs> that was a tease. Okay, well, <laughs> if you'd like to see Loli's joke, tune into the stream that happened yesterday. This uh, is chaos. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of chaos, there is quite a run of RPG news this week. Uh, there is a new tabletop RPG coming out called ARC, A R C. Um, and the interesting thing about it is it's played in real time. Um, so you set a timer uh, for either half an hour, an hour, or every session, so the end of a session. Um, and the the premise of this RPG is you are racing to stop the end of the world. Um, so with every section that fills in every half hour, hour or session, depending on how long your campaign plans to be, um, it will progress towards co- the complete destruction of the universe. Um But you can stop it by completing omens uh, with your group. Um, Or it may happen, and then you can start a new campaign or kind of session in the ruins of the world you failed to save. Um, Oh, my goodness. It sounds really interesting. So it's from Bianca Canosa. It's coming up on Kickstarter before November. Um, There is a, again, similar to uh, the Wagadu Chronicles, there's a teaser kind of available on... uh, Bianca's itch.io page um, and it'll be released next year um, but yeah. I, I chatted with Bianca because it sounded really interesting um, and they described it as being kind of similar in gameplay to Quest uh, which is a dicebreaker favourite mm-hmm. uh, so it's very rules like um, you roll a single d6 to resolve uh, various kind of tests or skills uh, and the skills are kind of the action you're performing and the manner in which you're performing it um, so you can do like a physical skill, but you can do it carefully. Um, ah, like Sonic. It. Yes, yeah, similar to the the two two mm. D twenty system. Is that the That's design right, system? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, the artwork for it is really nice. Yeah. I, I like I'm, it as well. Yeah, yeah I'm really interested in this. Yeah. Also, Matt, I want to just appreciate this line: "The end of the world as we roll it is excellent." Very Thank good. You. Uh, very much like that yeah so it yeah the artwork looks brilliant it has there are a couple of preview pages from the book itself and it again similar to quest it has a very kind of clear 
uh, kind of spacious layout. Uh, it doesn't feel like they're cramming lots into this book. It's just kind of really showcasing things and making it easy to pick up. Um, I've looked through the preview and it sounds, yeah, it sounds really interesting. I kind of want to give it a go at some point um, and see how the Doom kind of clock works because uh, that seems to be the thing they're really pushing for here. But beyond that, it also sounds just kind of interesting. Like you can cast spells, uh, but to cast spells, you have to do various um, like rituals uh, and the the kind of preview and information we were sent suggests that one of those rituals might involve eating a door. Um, which oh, I'm sold. Sounds yep. yeah, a bit more interesting than kind of D&D's like, <laughs> yeah. system that everyone ignores. I mean, I hate spell requirements in D&D, but, you know, sometimes you've just got to eat a door. Mm, I love it. So, yeah, there we go. It's uh, Like I say, it's coming to Kickstarter soon uh, and it'll be out in physical and digital next year. But that's art. Nice. Uh, let's move on to, uh, well, just a very quick roundup. Uh, Alex, mean you wrote both of these stories, but I've kind of bundled them together because they're of a oh. similar vein. Tell us about Hogs of War and the Thing. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure Johnny could talk about Hogs of War as well. Oh, until the cows come home. Because mm, hey. I, oh wait, wrong animal. <laughs> I, I, it's based on a video game that I was aware of. Uh way back in my youth but i didn't play it mm-hmm. but johnny has yes it is a 3d um turn-based sort of war game it's like worms but in 3d but you play <gasps> as pigs from different countries and all of them are voiced by the late great rick mail uh it's amazing it does mean that now like you you play it and you listen to the voice lines on say the pigs from china uh and you think They're this from is from japan the from japan sorry it is it's quite problematic mm-hmm. but the game itself like was amazing when i was younger and is a long-running joke in my family because there was one summer where my brother and i uh really should have been studying for our exams at school and we were not uh <laughs> because we kept sneaking downstairs to play hogs of war and my dad kept <laughs> catching us um and like it's it's I won't go any further into it, but it's the stuff of legend in like our oh. family annals, like to the point where I saw it was live. I sent this to my brother, and I was like, "He he he's backed it." He's like, "Will you paint my miniatures? Do you reckon we can get Dad to play?" So, oh, I love that. The game, yeah. it's it's an interesting looking game. Like it, I saw it, and I was like, "This is gonna be bad. This is gonna be just a weird bad tie-in to a video game that." Like it's such an odd choice. Let's face yeah, it. Happy as years, I am, twenty yeah. years ago. <laughs> I'm really happy this exists, but also, why does it? Um, uh. So that's yeah. It's an interesting thing. But in in fairness to it, it looks it looks quite comprehensive. Mm. Like there are all sorts of tiles for you know mission because um, it's a nine mission campaign. There are all sorts of tiles to sort of resolve these missions, and you have a bunch of tiles with which to build your base. Like it's. The tie-in is tenuous, but the game itself looks like it might actually be solid. And there's a two-player demo on Tabletop Simulator. So I'm going to have a poke around with it so I can tell my brother how much to get excited or not, mm. as the case may be. Mm. It's it's from quite a... Uh, I don't know if inexperience is the word, but the publisher hasn't put out a huge amount of stuff. Uh, store, stone, sword games. Um, but the kickstarter shows that it's going to have multiple game modes um 
such as a, even a solo mode is included with like an AI to control the other team. Uh, and it's live until October the 15th. So if you want to do that uh, and you're excited by what Johnny said, then there you go. Um, the other Kickstarter that is out at the moment is for The Thing, the board game, which is another board game based on The Thing, the film, as well as there being a board game based on the short story that The Thing, the film, is also based on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very, welcome to the life of <laughs> a board game staff writer journalist <laughs> where you you just have to try and work out all this all this mess but uh it's on kickstarter right now it is ba- officially based on the film uh it's from a publisher uh called pen dragon game studio there we go as mentioned earlier in the podcast right no different different pen dragon yes. rpg different. shut up johnny yeah <laughs> it's fine it's very confusing um, who they they made the 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 game last Friday, which is inspired by Friday the Thirteenth, but not an official Friday the Thirteenth game. But this is a this is an official the thing game, uh, where you kind of play as the characters from the film and you move around the base, uh, and you have to try to keep, you know, the the generator going and keep the uh, base warm while you work out who. Which one of the players is the thing? Uh, because the thing will be attempting to assimilate and destroy everyone else, and there are sort of ways for that player to kind of hide their intentions. So you have to perform actions by playing cards, and someone has to go through those cards uh, afterwards, and they can actually choose how far along into the deck they go. Um, they can stop at certain points if they think they suspect someone is not telling the truth about what they're doing. Um, this is yeah, it sounds good. Like the the thing at Outpost Thirty. Out, uh, yeah, Infection at Outpost Thirty One. Infection at that's the one. Infection at Outpost Thirty One was sounds like it was. It might be kind of similar. I think this game looks like it's it's got more what's the word, bulk to it in terms of there's a big old board, there's a lot more things to do in it. I think it, it feels like maybe it's focusing less on the the hidden role element, maybe more on like managing the base and making sure that things don't go down the toilet. Um, uh, I would like to play both, to be honest, because I'm a massive fan of the film. I watched it last night, actually, mm. uh, with with some friends. Uh, and boy, it's it's bloody good and it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite films of all time and it's just so gross <laughs> mm. so yeah there you go the I've kickstar got, sorry i've got Johnny. out i've got outbreak at outpost 30, uh, infection at outpost 31 so i can always bring it in Ooh, when, i would love when that that's normal do you like it yeah it's good it's um i think in order to really sing it needs a it needs a maximum number of players I've played it with six, and it's fine. Um, it's I think it's quite hard for the um, for those who are you know like masquerading as normal players. I think it's quite hard for them to get ahead, but okay. um, it's good fun and thematically it's is very very nice. It's got lots of lovely little touches. 
But um, yeah, I don't know if I'm Mac ready for another The Thing <laughs> board game. Oh, God. Whoa! <laughs> what a pun! Thank you. Um, Maybe they should just kick- wait a while. Oh! Wow. Excellent stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the Kickstarter is live until October the 14th. Fantastic. So, uh, there you go. All right, let's barrel on through into emails. Um, Email. Because there's been so much news this week, there's no time to stop for nothing. Uh, if you've got an email or question you would like to send our way, you can reach us at podcast at dicebreaker.com uh, or you can find us on Twitter at joindicebreaker or just go to the website. You'll find you'll find us about the place. Uh, Lowly's, uh, this is a callback mm-hmm. to something you said on last week's episode, so would you like to read this one from Emily, please? Yes. Emily says, Hey, folks. In episode 25, Lolis told us about a lovely dream she had where Wheels lived in a thatched house boat. And it got me thinking, what house from board games or TTRPGs would you love to live in? Thanks, Emily. That's a great question. I might be misremembering, but I think Everdell um, has... They all live in like a big tree and... I like the idea of just living inside a big old tree, you know, oh. just carved out inside with everything growing around you. Ca- this is not technically a house, but cottage garden is like super nice because there's loads of sleeping cats everywhere mm-hmm. and you've got your wheelbarrow and you're pushing around and it's just a nice garden. It's not really a house, but that's a nice garden. Part of a house. Cottage garden is one of those games where it's just like, oh, this is nice. Just yeah. very kind yeah. of calm to play, like ah. Oh. With the with the caveat that I'm not Kill Doctor, I'm not Doctor Lucky myself. <laughs> the house from Kill Doctor Lucky is is very well appointed Ooh. and very well laid out. In fact, you can just you can just do a full circuit of the place. <laughs> um, so that yeah, maybe there. I'm really struggling with this question. I've yeah, thought I've that. thought of a house. Gone. The castles of Mad King Ludwig, because you build the house as you play. Or no, between the castles of Mad King Ludwig, because yes, that one, and you have like loads of random rooms. Like, I think there's like a cat room or something. There's like there's just loads of like unnecessary rooms, um, like that. So that's what I. That's my house. Mm. That's I my final answer. I wouldn't want to live there, but I would want to visit the house from Betrayal, a house on the hill. I knew that was going. Yeah, I <laughs> I'd like to go there up. as well. Yeah, yeah. Ah, and in here yeah. the bloody room. Moving on, in here the graveyard. <laughs> there, there's oh some dear. nice We've rooms. We've fallen into the basement. Can anyone <laughs> find the stairs, please? Somebody, anybody, the stairs? No. Okay. Hmm. There's some fancy rooms in that house that aren't covered in blood. Like I'd either... love to. Sorry, go on. Either that or like a place I would want to live in. I guess this is kind of cheating. But there is like a Lord of the Rings role-playing game and I just want to live in a Hobbit house because they're so comfy and warm and they've always got food in them. Mm. Mm. And they've got round doors. Mm. I which is pleasing. Once, but also seems awkward. Sorry. I was just going to say, I once went on holiday and stayed in a like a Hobbit house style thing and it was like, oh, I like I love Lord of the Rings. Like I really like living out in the country. But also, I am six foot four, so this is incredibly awkward. And by the end of a few days, it was like, oh, I'm just permanently like in a, a 
a curve shape now. You're just uh, Gandalfing about the place. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd want to live in that that would have to be, you know, much taller, I think. Are you 6'4"? I think so. Yeah, I was just thinking For a while I thought I was 6'6", but then I have a friend who is actually 6'6", and he's a a decent chunk higher than me, so... I haven't seen you in ages. I knew knew you were a good whack taller than me, but I... Bloody hell. Yeah, I knew (laughs) you were a long lad, but... 6'4", 6'4", is tall. Wow, me and... Very awkward. Choose your words wisely, please. Well, my uncle is, is I think, literally like 6'8 and has size 15 feet. So really, I got away lightly. Wow. He has to have custom-made shoes because he can't find shoes that oh, fit. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like taller than both my parents, I think. And I think maybe my brother as well. But I like when I hug my mother, I can rest my chin on the top of her head. <laughs> yeah. Like, comf- like, I probably have to put my head down a little bit, actually, to rest it. Yeah. I'll also uh, say on the house thing, there is a, a game called Dream House, which I like very much, but it's just like a very kind of like, oh, this is a nice house. You're just adding rooms and going like, oh, yeah, it would be nice to have, you know, a conservatory. This house. It would be nice to have yeah. another bedroom. Uh, but I quite mm. like that game. It's it's cool. Mm. Uh, Johnny, would you like to take this Hello. next one from Katie, please? Absolutely. Um, Katie says, Hi guys, I've seen that the new D&D book is dividing people on whether it's too hard on players in the early levels. Uh, sidebar, yeah, there's. I looked through the best year of Icewind Dale and it's everything in there is hardcore. Anyway, have you got any fun tales of when things went horribly wrong when you were first playing an RPG? I was the DM in our first 5e Lost Mine module and I killed all my players in the Goblin Cave at level 1. Oops, Ooh. Katie. Um... I remember that goblin cave, and it does have a lot of traps in it. So, you know, don't be too hard on yourself, Katie. Um, Do I have any stories of things going horribly wrong? Yes. My first ever role-playing session. um, I was dropping into a Deadlands session uh, with a friend who was also trying role-playing for the very first time. And um, my friend took, took charge of one of the NPCs, uh, and I was given a character sheet for somebody who was going to join as an NPC anyway, but uh, I actually adopted them as my player character when we joined the session full scale. Anyway, um, we were trying to ambush a wagon which had been stolen by some bad people. And uh, when it all kicked off, my friend popped out of the bushes and fanned the hammer, which, you know, mechanically in Deadlands, you know, it's the same thing where you hold the trigger down and you just like you you fan the hammer of the gun and fire all of your shots in one burst it can be very dangerous in deadlands because you can hit friendly people um so i got shot by this guy and in the session i was i was quite badly hurt i think i was just like this sucks and i was kind of i was annoyed with this character because i was like you lost control you you fired at us all blah 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 um but then by the next session my friend had made a character of his own and that guy was back to being an npc so i had a grudge against one of our npcs for absolutely well for a good reason but it wasn't his fault because he didn't exist and when i was actually annoyed at my friend so yeah um said friend then managed to shoot doc holiday in the back with a shotgun uh once so like it was just he was a disaster he was a walking liability so that blimey i this was one of my first rpg sessions i think it was definitely in the in the early days of me playing D&D, and um, I had made a tiefling wizard who was very murderous, and um, 
and we were I can't remember what the story was. We were, oh yeah, we were staying in a tavern and what did we we had to like go somewhere. I don't know. Either way, some kobolds attacked us in the woods and um as they, they were do. trying they were trying to they thought we were like merchants or something. I think we were pretending to be merchants and they thought we were merchants so they were like trying to steal from us. So they attacked us in the woods and we killed a bunch of them and we had tied one of them up or I like I don't know somebody had like put one to sleep or something we tied him up and my character wants to kill him because she wants to kill everyone essentially and um but the people I were was with were like oh no like let him go blah 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 so we let him go and he ran off into the woods and I did try and kill him as he was leaving but I didn't see <laughs> um but uh and then also we left all the bodies of the kobolds just like in the woods we just went back to the tavern and went to sleep and of course, um, that cobalt ran away, told all his mates, and they all came to the tavern and like tried to kill us in our sleep. Um, thankfully, one of our characters was uh, was sleeping outside in a tree and kind of was able to like take a bunch of them out from the outside. So like kind of saved our lives in a little bit. But um, one of our characters went down to one his last health, and I went down to like barely any health, like. At one point, one of uh, one of our own characters like shot fire, and they were trying to shoot fire at the kobolds, but actually shot fire at us and like almost killed us, and it was like a whole messy thing. It's a great story now, but it's a uh, it was it wasn't looking very good at the time, and we really learned a lesson at the time to at least hide the bodies uh, if we're gonna kill a bunch of things. Yeah, but also, I was right, and I should have killed them. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Jarvis, do you have any stories? Uh, on a slightly more out out of game edge, when I first played Starfinder, uh, which is like the sci-fi spin-off from Pathfinder, um, I was reviewing it at the time, um, and I had my usual kind of Pathfinder group come over, and we started playing. And Starfinder is slightly less kind of rules heavy than Pathfinder, but it's still there's still a lot of rules in there. And because I was reviewing it, I was like, okay, well, I need to do a bit of this, a bit of that. We need to do some starship combat um, to see how that works, because that's a major addition. Need to see how this works. Um, and within 10 minutes of starting this, uh, one of uh, the players, uh, one of my very closest friends, decided he was just going to split the party, um, which in Starfinder means that he flew to a completely different planet from everybody else. Um, so then I was trying to find a way of getting the party back together and also trying to go through all of these rules so I could oh play God. like the whole gamut of rules for the review while running two entirely separate kind of locations and encounters and whatnot. Um, it worked out in the end. We had a good time, but it was just one of those things that was like, oh, yeah, yeah you're just not going to make this easy for just... me, huh? Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, he is a beloved friend. I love him very dearly. <laughs> beloved friend. My uh, chaotic story is from a fairly recent venture in which uh, Mr. Chiodini was GM for our Deadlands campaign. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. Is this the most recent session? Yep. You can't, you can't do this. Loli's missed it. Oh, I suppose. Uh, we haven't caught Loli's up yet. It's going to be spoilers. I, I mean... You're going to catch not... me up eventually, so... Oh, it's mm. fine. I'll talk about something else. Um, uh, yeah, forget it. Uh, I 
I can't think of another story. Right, we'll <laughs> go, go with that. Like, you're no, going to we'll catch go, me up eventually. We'll so go to the next question. It's fine. Okay, then. Uh, let's finish with this one from Rob Simmons. Mian, would you like to read it? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, Rob Simmons says, Hello, all. I just purchased the Green Knight RPG from A24 and the book and everything with it are beautiful. My question is, which intellectual property would you most like to see turned into an RPG and what kind of mechanics would you like to see implemented? I'm really excited by that RPG and I was tempted to get a copy as well because that film looks awesome. The cast is amazing and I love A24 films uh, because they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, intellectual properties uh, I hadn't in- thought about this the other day and I was like oh this is definitely one I'd like to see and now I can't remember what it was and it's very frustrating oh, oh. if everyone's thinking I will dive in and say I would love to see a a kind a cool a Call of Cthulhu style uh, role playing game so you're investigating so probably more Trail of Cthulhu um, but based around the kind of horror of Zhongji Ito um, this is partly because I love Zhang Zito and read everything that comes out but also I've been playing a lot of World of Horror uh, which is like a point and click PC game um, which kind of blends together various aspects of kind of Lovecraftian mythos and Zhang Ito and is just like really messed up and weird at points it's like you're chased by a kind of ghost with scissors and there's all kinds of like odd things happening people staring at you and then vanishing and stuff like that. I think it could be really interesting to see that those kinds of, you know, to move a kind of move away from the classic Cthulhu stuff um, and go for something that is closer to that kind of horror um, that's just kind of messed up and weird. Um, for um, me, it would be his Dark Materials um, because, like, it's uh, it's a lovely world. It's really rich, you know, and everyone loves talking about what their demon would be. And it'd be interesting to play as a child and have a demon that could change and then maybe eventually settles. Uh, but also, like, if you've read The Secret Commonwealth, which is the most recent installation, oh. uh, re- recent, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Installment? Installment. Mm. Um, in The Book of Dust, uh, like, Pullman is great at writing, like, spy fiction. Like, it's electric. So I think just think there are lots of stories in that in that world to be told, like big and small. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely love it. Like I grew up with those books and oh my God, I love them. Mm, full agreement. I think we had a list of uh, IPs that we would like to see turned into RPGs. And that yes. was my pick <laughs> as well. So Oh yeah. Yeah. Um... Mine was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves specifically. <laughs> my <laughs> pick was Sesame Street. That was my pick. But my yeah. new pick is SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh god. <laughs> does it already exist? It probably does. No, I just looked it up. It doesn't. Okay. I've come oh. I came across a really horrible like SpongeBob costume though. Yeah, don't I Google SpongeBob roleplay. <laughs> but I think SpongeBob is a great pick. Yeah. Uh, if you could I make think... custom characters that are kind of a mixture of sea creature and like human kind of Attributes like a, a toilet brush, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like an it's... octopus toilet, toilet, brush. toilet brush round head, no, noted sea creature toilet brush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's probably at least one toilet brush. I mean, SpongeBob oh, yeah. is a sponge, 
Uh, Sandy is a squirrel. Yeah, that's true. So it doesn't have to be a sea creature. Very true. It can be a pea creature. Or in this case, I won't say it. You can, you can finish that sentence yourself. Okay, I'm very confused. Um, um, my pick would be the Stormlight Archives um, very good. series by uh, Brandon Sanderson, who is an absolute monster when it comes to writing fiction. I don't know if that man sleeps, because all he does is write books. Um, which I'm not complaining about, because it means I get to read more of them. Uh, so there's already actually a an RPG of his Mistborn series, uh, which is also very good, where people can manipulate metals and, and things like that. The, the cover art is really horrible, though. Um, the guy on it that's falling down looks like um, the, the guy out of Tekken. <laughs> The old man. It's really horrible. But um, I would, yeah, I would like a um, Stormlight Archives RPG because the world building in that series is amazing. And obviously you could choose to be, um, I'm trying to remember what they're called, uh, the the people who have... Night, night Revenants. Night, night Radiant? Radiant, that's it. That's the one. Uh, where... So people have kind of different abilities, different powers, and they bar- they range like very uh, vastly. So like someone can fly, another person can change their appearance or manipulate like how things look and make illusions. Uh, and you could also play as people who are not Knights Radiant, because the great thing about that series is that people who don't have powers are also as equally as valuable and, uh, to the plot and to the kind of... Um, the, yeah, like the the act of saving this world and things. So yeah, that's what I would want. Fantastic stuff. That is almost all we've got time for. Uh, thank you for your questions. Again, if you've got any questions for us, uh, send them in to podcast at dicebreaker.com. Find us on Twitter or YouTube or the website. Uh, find us about the place and we will take them and probably take them off in directions you did not see coming. <laughs> Uh, but we, before we leave you for this week, Johnny, what do we have coming up over on youtube.com slash dicebreaker? That's such a good question, Matt. <laughs> um, well, as I mentioned, uh, we've got the review of Detective Season 1 coming up on Sunday. On Saturday the 26th, that's tomorrow if you're you're listening to this podcast promptly, we are playing uh the tigtone rpg uh it's tigtone and the never stopping prophecy that's right um, yes which is um a, a, a one shot run by yourself matt jarvis um it is suitably chaotic um so if you're into um a quick bit of dnd so it's dnd module then you can get your chops around that uh, and then next week we'll be back with all the usual stuff like painting stream and this very podcast. Mm-hmm. So lots of things to look forward to. Just keep your eyes on youtube.com forward slash Dicebreaker. Indeed. And over on Dicebreaker.com uh, you can find words. If you love words, we got them. Um, of course, <laughs> there's the usual daily news. Uh, we had this week a an interview with the creators of Lancer, uh, the kind of mech RPG. Uh, which I'm very excited to play. I've read through that rule book a few times now and just get very excited every time I do. Um, but they have a really interesting chat um, with Luke, who did the interview about kind of moving away from D&D 
kind of having an optimistic outview uh, outlook even for a sci-fi universe rather than dystopian uh, which right now let's say could maybe do with a little little positivity uh, even if it's 13,000 years in the future uh, <laughs> we had an article go up uh, where <clears throat> excuse me um, gosh uh, I'm so sorry I've forgotten the writer's name uh, but anyway we played a pandemic with an expert in disease diseases um, and they kind of compared how Pandemic the board game matches up to real life and whether we can kind oh. of learn anything about our, our current age, uh, the year of 2020 uh, from mm. Pandemic the board game. It's an interesting read. I think no one's expecting Pandemic the board game to be, you know, completely accurate to real life. Um, but I found it interesting to to see which bits matched up and which bits were maybe more, more gamified. Um, uh, today, if you're reading this, we have a preview of the new Magic the Gathering set, Zendikar Rising. Uh, Johnny, you've already got a video up on that as well, if you'd like to learn more in video form. Um, there was a review of Adventure Mart that went up this week uh, from Matt Frower, uh, which sounds like a, a kind of cutesy little card game with some interesting bits. Uh, Alex Meehan, you have a druid guide going up. Uh, if I do! Uh, if you want to make a druid, maybe like Tim the Goblin, mm -hmm. then you could use my guide. It, it, it is very good. Indeed. Uh, but that is surely not all. Uh, there'll be much more coming in the next week or so. But until then, uh, this has been the Dicebreaker Podcast. Uh, I've been Matt Jarvis. Thank you, Johnny Chiodini. Mm -hmm, you're welcome. Thank you, Alex Lolis. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Alex Meehan. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We will catch you next week. Until then, have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.